Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and welcome to Not Over, Just Different, a podcast for women of a respectable age facing life's next new chapter. So grab a cup of tea and pour yourself a glass of wine and join me for some deep, real and candid conversations about everything from health, aging gracefully, relationships and how to make the next 50 years even better than the first. Well, hello everyone and welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, my name is Natalie Ledwell and again I am here, which seems to be a common theme in this series of um, Not Over, Just Different, um, is that I have another amazing girlfriend joining me today. Uh, she is the founder of Love Is In The Stars. So with a, um, with a uh, website like that, you can imagine that today's topic is all going to be about love and soulmate and, and finding love and maybe even finding that love for ourselves. So welcome, my friend, Carol Allen, to the podcast today. How are you, darling? Oh, my gosh. I'm in the best mood. I'm so happy to be with you. It's so exciting. You're bringing your beautiful voice to the podcast world. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I know it's such a, a, I'm loving the podcasting because it, it, it gives me a, a, a different kind of a medium and a different way to communicate, which, you know, I'm, I'm all about. Let's make sure that we talk about these subjects that often we don't talk about that maybe are uncomfortable that we maybe have some shame around. And let's just open up these mm. conversations so we can get rid of all of that for ourselves. So, um, nice. yeah. Um, so, love is in the stars. So, today we are going to be talking, love is going to be a theme of which we are talking. Um, so, let's talk first a little bit about um, what your role is and how you work with your clients when it comes to um, creating or finding love. Well, I am very blessed because I have this incredible technology, which allows me to give people answers that normally would take them a lot longer to figure out through this very inefficient way humans figure things out, which is called trial and error. <laughs> trial and error is enormously expensive, exhausting, painful, humiliating, right? So I actually am a Vedic astrologer. I practice uh, the ancient system of astrology of India, which uh, a lot of people don't realize, but there are many, many, many systems. You know, we all know about Chinese astrology and we all heard Mayan astrology, thought the world was ending a few years ago, right? Uh, but there's, there's tons of systems of astrology. There's Hebrew, Celtic, Egyptian, Babylonian, Persian, uh, Nepalese, Chinese, of course. Uh, so I practice Indian and it's so crazy accurate, Natalie, not only at looking who are you, like what makes you, you psychologically in terms of talent, in terms of, you know, interests, aptitudes, but also when will things happen for you? So no kidding, you can look at somebody's chart and see timing for love or timing for challenges in love. You know, I, I, I like to say we, we go through seasons of love and then sometimes seasons of loneliness. I mean, you can really see why do people's relationships break down when they do? Why do people meet significant people when they do? Uh, so it's, it's, it's so fascinating. And, and just from a philosophical point, point of view, what I find is just knowing that not everything in your life is up to you and your fault. <laughs> not everything in your life is, you know, 
completely self-determined is both a relief and kind of a bummer, right? It's like, wait, you mean there's forces beyond my control? There are things greater than me? Uh, but so, so I always joke I'm in like the peace of mind business because I help people calm down and relax and sort of trust the train schedule of their lives right. and understand where they're headed and how can they move to a better train car or get on a different train, right? To have a better experience. Uh, so that's kind of my unique sort of bailiwick. So when you say, how do I work with people? The first thing I usually do is look at people's charts, but because of course we all have free will and we all have sort of the lot we're dealt, we also have this part that we are responsible for, which is how do we react to our lives? How do we navigate our lives? And how do we set ourselves up to make the best of things or set ourselves up to fail even more spectacularly than, you know, than, than, than we could, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so then we get into, I love helping people figure out, you know, what's going on with their lives and how can they make things better? How can they get the right support? How can they implement strategies? Uh, and then the in incredible thing Vedic astrology absolutely blows my mind with is uh, the compatibility techniques between people. You know, we all, we've all heard, of course, like, Hey, Aquarius, you know, you and I are nice Aquarius girls. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aquarius, you're, good with Libra and Gemini, right? Or you're good with Sagittarius. Uh, but that's all very much pop astrology. You know, I don't know about you, but I was under the covers reading Linda Goodman in junior high, right? <laughs> and reading about sun signs. And, you know, they say more people read the horoscope than the front page of a newspaper. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that sad, right? So, so we've all heard about sun signs, but the techniques from India for relationships are so much more complicated than that. And, and they go so beyond, will you like somebody, you know, will you feel chemistry? Will you be able to be yourself? They, they look at, will your lives actually work together? Because there's you and there's the other person, but then there's this third entity created between you and another person, it's like you both climb into a vehicle and you might be great and they might be great, but that vehicle might be like a Pinto <laughs> or a gremlin, right? Uh, and you might be so mystified that whenever you get into the relationship with this person, it's like you can't get anywhere or you start headed down the road and then it's like you hit a flat tire or you you land in a ravine and, you know, because we're Westerners and we're so used to being self-determined, I think, especially as women, we blame ourselves and we, or we go to, Oh, if he really loved me, we wouldn't always get a flat tire. You know, right. if he really loved me, we wouldn't be sitting here in this ravine, but maybe there's an energy between you guys that completely just derails you all the time. And it has nothing to do with love. And so that's what this, technology I use can show me. And it's so cool. <laughs> but yeah. isn't it interesting how, um, you know, and, and, you know, the name of this podcast, Not Over, Just Different, actually came from the phrase that I coined after Glenn and I broke up and after we separated. You mm. know, it's like, you know, we, 
I mean, we still love each other. We just haven't been in love for, for some time. Um, and, and as you know, you know Glenn as well. We, we have a great relationship. Um, yeah. But we just transitioned oh, into something different. like a party. I mean, who doesn't love Glenn, right? <laughs> I mean, I met you guys together. And, you know, he's so larger than life that I ended up spending the whole time talking to him because he's just like this huge he's like a son walking into a room, you know, he's like the son. Right. And then I got to know you later and I was like, Oh my God. And I said to him later, I got custody of Natalie Glenn. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. But she's the one I'm going off into the sunset with. You know? <laughs> um, because you know, you're so, you're so wonderful, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and the thing is, uh, and I look at both of us and we, you know, we do have this, uh, we're both great individually, we're great people, um, but that combination, that relationship, that third entity that we had together was deteriorating because, you know, I think at this point in our life, you know, we wanted something different, you know. Right, So, right. Um, yeah, being able to navigate that was with with uh, love was, well, you know, a big accomplishment. it's been so beautiful to watch you guys because not only have you kept your businesses together – but you've been such supportive friends and he's, you're very much family. I mean, and I think, I think the divorce process is so brutal that it, it often ruins any possibility of people. Cause I think everybody wants that initially, but it's very hard once you're, you're fighting over property and you're navigating children and, you know, it can get, it's just so painful. So, but you know, what I love is you want your quote unquote thought leaders and, personal growth people to actually have some personal growth. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I love, I've been very moved by you guys and uh, you know, and, and when he recently became engaged, I saw it on Facebook and I was so, I was a little freaked out because he called her like the love of his life. And I was like, the bastard, right? Like I was <laughs> mad at him and I called you and you said, Oh darling, guess who took the video? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I was like, there she goes again, being the best person in the world. Right. So, um, but yes, you know, what often happens to speak to what you said about your lives going in different directions is we have these seasons and cycles in our lives that mm. are in the chart and they are predetermined. And you might feel like you're on one track for a really long time. These cycles can last as long as 20 years, but then you'll go into a different cycle and suddenly you just feel different and the things you're drawn to change and the things you're interested in sometimes change and your priorities get rearranged. And the hope is that the cycle you're in is compatible with the cycle your partner is in. But that often isn't the case. Right. And then we really have to change the languaging about divorce because we then say, oh, the relationship failed instead of, oh, you know, this worked for that phase of your life and it set up the next phase of your life. And, and it was exactly as it was meant to be. And it was a complete success for what it was. We really have to talk more like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, then I we bring all that shame to our next relationships and all that, like I suck, you know, I can't do this clearly, you know, my, one of my favorite stories is my sister's with an amazing man and he had had a pretty turbulent background and she had had a pretty 
very painful, long marriage and divorce. And both of their lawyers, both of their divorce attorneys told them that they they had never seen such acrimonious, difficult divorces, both of them. Her lawyer said that to her. His lawyer said that to him. And, uh, and you know, and this is not the same marriage. This is my sister and her guy, like both, you know, just to be clear. <laughs> and so when they got together, I looked at his chart and I said, oh, my God, he just went into the best partnership years of his life. He just went into the chapter where he would hit the lottery because he felt like he hit the lottery with my sister. He was like, I didn't know it was possible to find somebody with all these things in one person. Remember that crazy hot matrix thing that was going around that said, the more beautiful a woman is, the more crazy she'll be, right? Do you remember that video? It was so hilarious. Yep. Um, yeah, well, I think, I think a lot of people believe that, that you have to sacrifice some huge thing, right? Like for women, it might be, well, if I'm with, a very successful man, he won't be kind. Or if I'm with a really high character man, he won't be successful, right? Or if I'm with a really art creative person, they they won't be relationship oriented. You know, we think artists can't be, we, we picture artists having like sex everywhere. Right? And no money. <laughs> <laughs> and no money, right. Right. And, you know, what if you can find all of it in one person, right? But so it was so nice to be able to say to my sister, because that's the other thing we do is we try to save time and we try to not get hurt, especially women in midlife. They always say to me, Carol Allen, that's it. I know who I am. I know what I want. I'm not going to waste any time and I'm not going to get hurt. And then the third thing they say is, and I'm not going to hurt anyone else. And I always say to them, you're in the wrong game. <laughs> Love is a bloody business, right? So you're not going to intentionally hurt anyone and you're not going to intentionally waste any time, but you've got to put in the time to get to know if something's right or not. Right. You can't skip steps just because you're older and wiser. And so what we try to do is we try to figure out a guy's history, right? Or we try to figure out what happened last time. And so when a guy has the, well, you know, my wife was, you know, bipolar and then my next wife cheated and then my blah, blah, blah. You start to think, well, he's a big idiot. He has a picker problem right? <laughs> <laughs> or he can't receive healthy love. So therefore he's going to blow it up with me. Therefore I shouldn't be with this guy, you know? And so we, it's called defensive dating. You know, we try mm. to protect ourselves from potential future pain. And that is completely the wrong way to go. And, and another thing women will do is they'll say, oh, well, you know, I met a great guy, but he's never been married and he's 50 or he's, you know, 55 and therefore he's never going to get married. Now, statistically, odds are you are right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's if you're but, into marriage. <laughs> what? Well, that's if you're into marriage. Yes, which a lot of people still are, Natalie. A okay. lot of people still are. <laughs> But what I've seen a lot is a lot of men have been on that mission in life to like build that kingdom, have that, you know, goal, you know, they made their career their mission, or they made being a dad a mission, or they, they failed so miserably, quote unquote, they had such a painful divorce or such a painful whatever, and they really, really are waiting to get it right. And I've met men 57 saying to me, oh, I didn't get married till I was 52 and it's been fa fantastic. Or, 
you know, it's like the George Clooney story, right? He mm. said forever marriage. I wasn't good at it before. I'm not going to do it again, you know, and he famously slept with every waitress in Vegas. Sorry, George, don't mean to like out your <laughs> secrets, right? But the man was having a good time. But then he started saying, I want to be like my friends, Brad and Angie, right? Even though that didn't necessarily quote unquote last, they had, you know, a very epic, big romance, big relationship. Uh, and listen, six kids and 10 years, 12 years over like all the places they lived, all the projects they worked on, like that was that's successful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so he found the, the great love and he couldn't wait to get married. Couldn't wait to make it stick. So, so I want everyone listening. If anyone listening is single or, you know, wanting love again, if you're feeling hopeless, you know, the truth is every day is a new day. And in someone else's life, every day is a new day. And all we have to do Natalie is the next right thing. We don't have to plan the next year. We don't have to figure things out. All we have to do is say, just for today, does this feel right? Are we headed in the right direction? Is this person, you know, showing up for me in a way that makes me feel good? And are if there are no deal breakers here, besides conceptual ideas like they've never been married or, you know, they've 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 only ever been with drunks or whatever, right? Mm. Uh, then all you have to do is just date one day at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I uh, was in a relationship uh, uh, that ended last year, and, and I call it the breakup that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, I love that. I remember that breakup. Yeah. So what, what's, been, what's, what's the fruit of it? Well, for me, it was, because, it, you know, my, I was with Glenn for 20 years, and, uh, yeah. and of course, I don't, I, I've never thought that that was a failure. Um, and I do understand that he, and I often would say he was the perfect guy for my 20s and 30s. Um, but, you know, my 40s and 50s, I'm looking for something different. or I'm, I'm, I am someone different. I actually am so different to who I was when I first met him. And, uh, and I was the one that changed. So with Wayne, who was the, the, the guy I went out with last year, what I realized is that when I'm showing up in a relationship, there are certain wounds that I have that I didn't realize I really had until I was in a relationship that served as a catalyst to bring that to the surface. Mm, you know, right. so for me, one right. of my deeper wounds is betrayal. You know, my biological mother left when I was three. Um, before Glenn, I was engaged and, and the, that guy betrayed me. And so I have, I've been carrying wow. some wounds, kind of like deep wounds. Um, mm. that I didn't realize I had until, mm. you know, I had, you know, uh, the transformational <laughs> relationship I, <laughs> I had with Wayne to go, okay, I can see how this is a pattern, why I made certain choices, you know, why, um, you know, I went through that. But even when, I, when Glenn and I separated, you know, one of the first questions I asked was, well, what was my role in the end of our marriage? Like, how did I show up in this? I knew it wasn't just Beautiful. one thing, Beautiful. you know. Um, but yeah. it was really interesting before how you were saying that, you know, women will say to you, look, I know who I am. Right. But I, I honestly, I think over the last, especially the, this last year, um, I, I don't think I was this, I'm the same person I was at the beginning of the year. Wow. And so I'm, I'm hoping that I'm always evolving, which for me, like one of my must-haves is someone who is actually doing work, who is actually, you know, working mm. on themselves and, and doing mm. some form of personal developmental spiritual growth because 
I'm still evolving. I'm still changing. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me that's, you know, it, it's important that I have something like that. But now that I've changed so much, I'm like – Geez, I don't know. I don't know who it is that I'm looking for now because <laughs> I'm like, what is it that I, you know, really looking for? Well, you know what I love about that and about your attitude is then, then you're in the perfect place to just say yes to things as they evolve and show up, and without all that prejudgment and without all that again defensive dating, protective conceptual stuff in the way right Mm, right. so so that's beautiful that's really beautiful yeah the tricky thing because again i you know you and i talk to a lot of spiritual women or a lot of very women very oriented towards working on themselves and women say say to me all the time what you just said i want somebody working on themselves i want somebody doing the work and what i always say because of course we would love that And of course, this part of our lives is so important to us and we want to share it with somebody. We want to go to yoga class with somebody. We want to meditate (laughs) with somebody. We want to go on like, you know, vision quests with somebody. It's like incredible to share all that. And I've had clients where they've been with the men where they shared all that, but the men needed to do the work because they weren't healed and they weren't whole men. They weren't fully like in their power, on their mission kind of men. Um, and, and, and then I've had those same women meet men who are like, really? Spiritual work? What's that? But they embody it and they live the principles and they have the integrity and they have the comfort in their own skin and the peace of mind. And they really are kind of in that Zen place in their lives where they're actually way happier with those guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who are like, really, you're going to go, I don't know, howl at the moon, or you're going to go to like some solstice, something or other. I don't, I don't really think I'm going to go with you, but have fun, you know? So, so even that I will say can be defensive dating, no offense. <laughs> okay. Unless for you, it's an absolute essential to share something like that with someone. Unless you're really clear. And that's okay. Listen, I want everybody to know their absolute essentials. They're they're like, you know, five to ten hell yeses that you have to have or your hell hell knows that you couldn't possibly live with. Right. Right. Uh, And then no matter how great somebody is, if they don't have your hell yeses or if they have even one of your hell knows, then you can't be with them, right? So that can be very, very, very helpful. So for yeah. you, it may be an absolute essential, and I don't mean to like poop on your absolute <laughs> 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 on your dream, Natalie. I dare I? How dare I poop on your dream? <laughs> but yeah. it's tricky, right? Because the guys that do that work on themselves, it it can be hard to find a lot of guys that do. Yes. And what we often find is, you know. There's only girls listening, right? There's no boys listening, right? Um, <laughs> is a lot of the time those men are more like the sweetie pie guys. I like to call them yoga guys, right? Um, who we aren't necessarily hot for, right? Because right. they're more, they can be more in their feminine than in their like manly masculine. So, so we all want that masculine man who meditates. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, we, it'd be great if there were millions and millions of them, but that hasn't so much been my experience. So. No, that is true. Yeah. You're in a little bubble, I will say. We're, we are in a little self-help, personal growth, great men bubble. Yes. So yeah, the, well, and I need to I need to put my single goggles back on. So I, you know, I haven't, ah. <laughs> you know, and starting to notice what's what's going on around me. But uh, you know, and, and even though I was, you know, grateful for for the transition with Glenn and and everything worked out great, I must admit, being forty five and now fifty and single. Yeah. has been mm, this is not exactly in, what i <laughs> i mean on one hand i love the freedom in that i've southern had. california hello yes, the yeah. most ageist place <laughs> in the world it can yeah. be yes so yeah. um so let's say that you know someone who's listening is is single themselves and is is uh trying to prepare themselves for the for the dating world out there what are some tips that we could give them that would really help to prepare the like their container and who they are to be able to to do that. Well, I love that you asked that because oftentimes in midlife, if we're single, we haven't been for a long time, right? You weren't for twenty years, right? right. And everything is very different, and people are not different at all. Like the world, I mean, men and women, and relationship truths and you know, these universal truths about love will, will always be true. I mean, they just will. Um, but I love that you asked that question because a lot of people are great people, but bad daters. And one of the m most, uh, one of the most common ways, of course, people are meeting these days is internet dating, which I know is how you met Wayne, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> which I applaud. I think internet dating can be very smart. And one of the things I do with women is I look at their profiles and I look at their pictures and I'm constantly shocked at what women think are great pictures or what women think is a great profile. You know, you and I are marketers, Natalie, as much as we are, you know, experts in the area that we're experts in. And it, it took me years to learn how to message in such a way that makes the listener or the reader or the viewer go, oh my God, that's for me, right? And that's what you have to do in internet dating. You have to market yourself like you are, you know, a romantic product. I hate to say <laughs> it, right? Uh, in such a way that the kind of person you want will say, that is for me. And the kind of person you don't want, won't. And women haven't been taught how to do this and they don't know what they don't know. So I'll give a quick example. I have a client who recently I said, honey, you're so great. You're so much fun. And, you know, you keep getting all these men that just want to sleep with you. Like what's going on? She kept getting very casual interactions and very casual attention. And she's a deep, soulful girl with a great job and incredible friends and, you know, great. She's a great person. So I looked at her profile and it basically said, I'm a party girl. Come to me for a good time all over it. Like the first picture was very hoochie coochie. Her, she said things like work hard, play hard, Miami born and raised Cuban, you know, descent. And I said, okay, is it very important to you that people know you're Cuban? She said, well, I mean, no. I said, cause what do we think of when we think of Cuba? Nightclubs and cigars. I mean, that's what I think of music, <laughs> nightclubs and cigars. What do we think of with Miami? Gay nightclubs. <laughs> okay, like this is what I think of, 
right? Beaches, bikinis, like umbrella drinks, right? So work hard, play hard. You play hard. What does that mean? Wink, wink. There was nothing soulful. There was nothing deep. There was nothing that said looking for the real thing, right? And so you have to think like, who am I being in this messaging? Like what, what is, what is showing up? And so I've been doing this with a lot of women and they can't believe the difference in the attention they get. And they can't believe the difference in the caliber of people they're meeting. It's really fun. It's really fun. I mean, I talked to a woman the other day, all her pictures were of her with better looking women, like (laughs) women in better outfits, women with better hairdos, women that were taller. I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Or they show me their photos and it all looks like travel, like a travel brochure. It's more about the setting than about them. Right. Like, well, yeah, here you are in this awesome helicopter, but honey, you have a hideous expression on your face. And honestly, I'm only looking at the guy behind you, the pilot. He looks cuter than you do. So what are you doing? <laughs> like, right? She's like, well, I thought it'd be fun to show myself. I even had a woman say to me, Nellie, it was so funny. I said, sweetie, you're so pretty. And these pictures are very plain. Your hair isn't styled. You're wearing no makeup. She said, oh, I didn't want men to be intimidated. If I was too pretty, I was like, okay, so you think really confident men are intimidated by pretty women? (laughs) (laughs) And you don't want to like show up in a sea of women putting their best foot forward. Like, what are you crazy? So it's just amazing the stories we tell ourselves, all of us. Mm -hmm. I'm no different, right? We all have these crazy, anyway. So that's uh, that's one of the things. Yeah, that, that uh, actually do. brings up a really interesting point. I had a, a girlfriend of mine do a um, like a reading with me, a session with me. I'm, I'm surrounded by people that, that that do this, and she's like, "I want to gift it to you. I want to do this." I'm like, "Okay." And um, she said, um, "Natalie, one of the things that that you have going on is that you see men as lesser than." Oh. And I went. And I went. Yeah. <laughs> she, she goes, well, tell me about that. I go, well, I, it's very difficult for me to mean men that are consciously aware that, you know, that, you know, they seem to be immature. And, and, and she's right. like, exactly. I go, right. And she goes, well, you do understand that because that's what you're focusing on. That's what you're attracting. I'm like, oh, duh. Um, there's this little brand you might want to look into. It's so cool. It's called Mind Movies. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so great. But what a big blind spot. And then I kind of realized how much I was doing that. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I need to to stop that. But it was something that was unconscious. Well, and I will tell you back to what's a good dating tip. What do men want from us, Natalie? What do men need us for? They need us for love and support and and nourishing. (laughs) But they can get that from a dog and they can get that from a friend. They can get that. They can get sex from their own hand. Mm. What do they need us for? They want to feel good about themselves. They want to see in the mirror of our eyes that they're amazing. Okay. This is what we all want, right? We want to feel like we hung the moon in the eyes of our beloved. We want to feel like. Not only are we accepted, but we're worshipped. That's what we want. So my best dating tip and my best tip for you, my dear, Mm. is to don't worry about impressing men. Worry about being impressed by men. 
So, so when you meet a man that's interesting, let him know you think he's interesting. Be like, wow, tell me more about that. Wow, that's so cool you did that thing. Or that's so impressive you're up to that in the world. I love that you shared that with me. Like, it's, it's, it makes men feel so good. And this is all about how do you make people feel, right? The most beautiful women come up to me all the time and they go, Carol, I can get first dates, but I can't get second dates and I don't know what it is. And I'm like, oh my God, I know exactly what it is, <laughs> right? Is they, They're like a wreck. Either they don't feel good in their own skins, so nobody feels good around them. So they're way too worried about it. And they're making the external, like their hair and their outfit and their nails and their teeth and their... You know, they're making the external the thing that matters. And then they're thinking they have to impress. No, you're impressive because you exist, right? Right. You're enough just for being you. And you're perfect for somebody right now. The way you are, the height you are, the job you have, like you're somebody's flavor right now. So make focus on making that person feel good. So a huge dating tip, and this was from a big study done by a matchmaker, the number one complaint men have on dating, on dates, number one reason they don't want to call us back. And this is so true for midwife women. Guess what it is? Number one complaint men have. Uh, We talked about ourselves. No. But that's our complaint about them for sure. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, when a man is only talking about himself, it's the peacock dance. It's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> if he keeps doing it on dates two, three, four, and five, it's bad and run. But on the first date, it's an excellent sign. No, their number one complaint is that women are bossy. You know? Wow. So we're like, mm, let's not eat there. Let's eat here. Let's not park there. Let's park here. You know who you need to call? Bob, right? Mm-hmm. We start giving men advice. We start telling men what to do. We start... And part of it is that men are so relieved often to be with a woman because men get all of their needs for intimacy from us that they will do the the, the TMI on a first date or on a second date, right? That's been my experience. But, but of course, I'm also asking a lot of questions as well. So, And you're a great listener. Yeah. Yeah. Which they love. I mean, we all love. Yeah. Right. So they'll do the TMI thing. And then what we're hearing is, oh, he's having such a hard time or, oh, he's been through so much or, oh, I know this perfect thing for him or I know this perfect guy he should call or I know this great, you know, but then we turn into the therapist and it's not hot and it's not fun. And the thing that they really want is for us to just listen and go, you seem like you could totally handle that or you seem like a really smart guy. I bet you're going to figure that out. They just want to feel okay. They don't need solutions unless they say, do you know someone who can I call, right? Mm -hmm. And this is true of anybody listening that's in a relationship too. And this was the thing I was the most guilty of, Natalie, is because I'm the fixer, right? I do it for a living, right? Like people pay me very well for my big fat opinions. And so it's hard sometimes to turn it off. Right. <laughs> and my poor husband, it's so hilarious. Like he will come to me and he will actually say, so what do you think I should do? And I'll say, well, you 
know, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Because I learned the hard way years ago. I tortured the man with advice, right? <laughs> so I had to overcorrect. And it's so cute. He'll go, no, 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 I'm actually really asking, what should I do? And then I'm like, oh, well, here we go. The gloves are off. <laughs> but yeah, so any women in relationships too, all your man wants when he's complaining is for you to tell him how great he is. That's all he wants. Yeah. And that you believe in him and that you trust him because when we run right in to fix it or give advice, what we're actually saying is, I don't trust you. You need me. I have the better ideas. You need my resources because I know and you don't. And is that being impressed or is that being impressive? Right. So a lot of men leave very impressive women and then go off with a lot less impressive women. And we're like, what the hell was that about? And that's what that's about. Right. They feel better about themselves with those other women. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and I think the other thing that we want to stay away from is the generalizations. You know, I was having a conversation with a woman on the weekend and she's like, you know, but all men our age want to date younger women. I'm like, no, they don't. They really don't. No, no, hell no. Because they know younger women are going to want kids. Right. And they know younger women, um, you know, it's so funny. I've had, I've had a lot of male clients and they'll call. Whenever they call and they're dating a 20-something, I always say, oh, gosh, I hope you have a lot of Kleenex around your house because all women do in their 20s is cry. <laughs> and they'll call me later. I'm like, they can't help it. They're so overflowing with estrogen, right? They'll call me later and they'll go, Carol, how did you know? <laughs> and I just pictured all the nights I showed up at my husband's door at 2 a.m. crying over nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad, died. my mom died when she was 59 and my dad was 62. And my sister and I sat him down and we said, no young stuff, dad. Right. <laughs> and he said, oh, my gosh, I want someone that knows my music and knows my my childhood references and knows like that's had my life experience. And uh, that was great. So there are men like that. There are. Yeah. And I think to um, uh, uh, what I am striving for now in my life is, you know, I, I'm looking for a partner. I'm looking for someone who's a, a partner to me, but then also spending that time and going, well, who am I a perfect partner for? Mm. you know, so I can recognize him as when he shows up. Um, but, yeah. but you know what, though? It's always a surprise, Natalie, and it never fits your picture. Right. I mean, I'm a God girl, and God always has a better idea than we do. That's true. I must admit, when I fell in love with Glenn, I was like, no, not this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he had dated like 20 of my girlfriends. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be in love with this guy. But it ended up being, you know, an amazing relationship. He's been the biggest influence in my life and uh, he's given Beautiful. me so many gifts. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't, you know, in this in this role, doing these things and stepping into this part of my life without without his influence. So Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, just everybody needs to, like, surrender to the journey and suit up and show up and, you know, and just let all that go. Because thank God it's not up to us, right? Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> and the other thing that you can do 
if you want a little bit of a hand up or get some insight on, on where this is happening, is you can go to loveisinthestars.com and what? you can connect with Carol <laughs> and she can give you some fantastic guidance and help along the way. Uh, as well. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Yeah, I have a newsletter there and I have a lot of amazing offerings there. I have a report that actually one of my mentors wrote that does compatibility between two people. And it's so crazy astonishing. And it uses this 15-step technique that's been used for centuries, maybe millennia, to arrange marriages. And it's just that accurate. It's so helpful. So, yeah. yeah. And if you're in a relationship... If you're in a relationship where you think, oh, I don't think I want to know, I don't want to fill out something like that, then you should definitely be filling that out because <laughs> that's a big indication. <laughs> well, and you, you know what? <laughs> People, I think, are afraid of something like astrology because they don't want to be told, oh, break up. Oh, this person's terrible. Oh, marry him. You know, please don't ever give away your power to any source of wisdom or knowledge. Always be your own final choice and decider, right? Um, everything I have is to help women understand what's going on so they can then make informed decisions. Right. But there are a lot of astrologers that run around telling people what to do, and I I don't uh, endorse that. So, no. yeah. All right. Well, darling, thank you yeah. so much. Um, it's been a very enlightening conversation. Oh, good. I always love Yay. talking to you. <laughs> Uh, you're the greatest. I've really enjoyed this. And, uh, and thank you for listening, everyone. It's been so much fun to share. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, please go ahead and do so on iTunes or Spotify or go to mindmovies.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, remember, new episodes are released every Monday morning. And this podcast is also brand new and we'd love to spread the word. So after you've subscribed, be a great girlfriend and pass it on to a friend who will enjoy this too. Until next time, remember, it's not over, just different.